Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little ACC expansion as Mr. Phillips kicking the tires, exploring. Is this even feasible for this conference? Seriously. Well, when it comes to the ACC, if they were really entertaining this, what would they do? Where are the growth pockets? They're a couple. They have to decide what type of conference they want to be. So we'll dive into that. George Bulldogs, uh, a little, oh my God, doggone, as Sony Michelle calls it a career. And another Georgia football player gets caught speeding. This one had a warrant out. He was going 90 and a 70. Kirby could end this if he wanted to. The speeding, that is. Also, do we have question marks about Georgia running backs entering the NFL now? Their success in the NFL? We'll explore that. And also... Trading deadline is upon us. The Rays take two of three over the weekend against the Astros. They could go get Justin Verlander. They could. That would be a difference maker. That could win them a World Series. What would it cost them? Harbaugh Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. Twitter, Instagram, or should I say X and Instagram, at Harbaugh Sports. Also, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, under the Harp on Sports, the bar platform, Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, the bar, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. The ACC, expansion, expansion, expansion. Look, the ACC has been known to kick up some dust about every six or seven years over the course of the last three decades. Go back and look. In the early 90s, welcome in Florida State. Late 90s, early 2000s, started to raid the Big East. It's got in Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Miami. Then what? Fast forward, decade later, yep, Notre Dame pried them away from the Big East in all schools but football, or all programs but football. Then what? Then let's start to explore uh, Pitt, Syracuse. Expansion, expansion, expansion. So the ACC's been pretty good at this. They actually have been. And in terms of being raided and having teams taken away from them, Maryland got taken away. I get it. Join the Big Ten, make more money. So with the exception of Maryland, pretty good. Well, now, the fact that the Big 12 took Colorado is in the midst of trying to pry Arizona away. What Arizona State foul? Don't know. Utah, don't know. The ACC, wait, we're, we're exploring. Uh, where? Who? Who are you going to go get? Now, there are, there are schools and universities in decent-sized cities that can help add to your footprint. I'll give you an example. USF in Tampa. But is that going to do anything for you basketball and football-wise? It's a decent-sized city. It's one of the 20 biggest cities in America. Is it going to do anything for you? There's other markets out here that you can add that can add a little pop. I, I put down Memphis. You know, you already have Louisville in basketball. You had Memphis. Memphis is a good football program. Good, very good basketball program. So the ACC is basketball-centric. So adding Memphis can do something for you. Actually, Memphis may make the most sense. It's a decent-sized city. as a professional sports franchise. Now, look, the programs are going to give you aren't from other major conferences. Now, there are some Big 12 teams you could go try to wrestle away if you're the ACC. Could you go get West Virginia? You could. 
but Morgantown does nothing for you. Electronic footprint, expanding your media market rights. Temple does more for you in the city of Philadelphia. Temple does than West Virginia. Now, obviously, Temple's football program is nowhere near what West Virginia's is, but still, and look, SMU, SMU is going to be the prize jewel in all this because they're in Dallas and they're sitting there in a non-major conference and you can sink your teeth into one of the six biggest media markets in the country. Here are the, here are the places that if you're the ACC and you're going to expand, realistic, realistic expansion. You can talk about Oklahoma State or go take a team from the Big Ten, go take a team from the SEC all you want. Why on earth would I, if I'm a Big Ten team, leave my conference making 50 plus million a year to make 30? Not going to happen. Uh, here are your options. SMU, and I, I'm not ranking these in any particular order, but the ones that make sense to advance the state of the conference. SMU, Memphis, from Temple, from a cityscape market size go. Then USF ge- geographical, more so than anything else. West Virginia, if you can get them out of the Big 12, yeah, you can. But if I'm West Virginia, why do I want to leave the Big 12 right now? The Big 12 seems to figure it out. They get they get Arizona schools in there. If I'm West Virginia, I can just play this thing out. Kansas, interesting possibility. Kansas and the ACC, football-wise, I don't know really much what it would do for your growth, but basketball, the, the, the program, what it would mean, especially, especially you're the Big 12, you already have Louisville, or the ACC, excuse me. If you're the ACC, you already have Louisville. You're the ACC. If you, grow, if you go grab Memphis and Kansas, all right, now those are more basketball moves than anything else. But now i got a nice little pocket of, of Memphis, Louisville, and Kansas in the middle of the country to play each other. I've got that. The other school I wrote down is Tulane. That, that, that gives me New Orleans, but you're not even talking a top 50 media market. I, I'd rather have Memphis than Tulane. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the prize jewel in this, if you, if you want, it's SMU. But SMU is not going to do anything for you basketball-wise, if that matters. USF, you can add Tampa, but I already got Miami and Florida State. And, you know, you see these rumors, Florida State may leave the conference. You're not gonna, nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. Nobody. The only conference that you could talk about coming after Florida State would be the Pac-12. It's the only one that makes sense. The Big 12. No. Not going to happen, gang. Just not. If Florida State's going anywhere, it would have to be the Big 12. They're not going to go to the SEC. Not going to go to the Big 10. It's not a big enough media market-wise. And then if you're doing that, if you're the Big 12, you know, you'll come after Florida State maybe if you strike out on the Arizonas, strike out on Utah. But from a growth standpoint... If you're the Big 12, you'd rather have UNLV than Florida State. It's a bigger media market, a lot bigger media market, more exposure. It gets you into the West, gets you into a different time zone. You've already added Colorado, so it grows you in that direction if you want to head in that direction. I just hear where the ACC's open. They're exploring possibilities. There is no, when the Big 10 added USC and UCLA, it was a... Took the air out of the room. When the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma, it was a <gasps> took the air out of the room. And even AM and Missouri is like, okay, strategically, I get it. But th- th- those are the big things in the last two or three years, right? That kind of sucked the air out of the room. There's no move that the ACC can make that'll suck the air out of the room. The Big 12 prying Colorado away from the Pac 12 sucks the air out of the room in the sense that the Pac 12 is already under fire. If Oakland. If the Big Ten hasn't taken USC and UCLA, then I don't know if the pack the, the Colorado move sucks the air out of the room. But now it does because you've already lost two, you've just lost three, and is it open season? 
And if Colorado can bring Utah with him, you've already had. And the other thing that makes it interesting is BYU is already in the fray. It's joined. Houston's in. The, so the Big 12's kind of figuring this out here a little bit. Because the Big 12's at, what, at 14 this year? It'll go back down to 12 next year after Texas and Oklahoma depart. Colorado entering. The conference landscape is constantly changing. But this thing with the ACC, I, I don't know what the biggest program you're going to land. The biggest one. The biggest that you could possibly land through all of this to me is, I mean, in terms of basketball, it's Kansas, but it doesn't do anything for geographically West Virginia, but it doesn't do anything for you market size wise. SMU does the most for you city wise. I just don't know. There's nothing that's going to fire and excite everybody. Maryland, you know, (laughs) You're not going to pry any of these schools away. I mean, we're talking about UConn as a basketball program. Oh, okay. But that, okay. So let's say you get UConn in Kansas. Nice. But that's not getting Colorado in football and getting Arizona and the Arizona schools in football does more for the big 12 than, than almost anything the ACC can do. But again, it's a geographic play. If you're the ACC, SMU gets you Dallas temple, gets you Philadelphia. Now you've added some media markets. Make some more money. Those are top 12 media markets. Other than that, you're just doing it to do it. We'll see what they do. Pivoting to college football, at least in the SEC side, Georgia Bulldogs, look, I, I want to spend a little time on this. Another Georgia football player over the course of the last five, six days here gets caught speeding. What, 90 and a 70? Had a warrant. So, for was it unpaid tickets? So, gets arrested this is what, like the 12th time this has happened now. And George is silent on it. Look, if Kirby, if Kirby were serious about it, this is what you do. If you're Kirby smart, if you're serious, you come out and say next player that gets caught doing this, you're off the team. That's why you can handle it. Next player that gets caught doing this, I'm going to kick you off the team. Look, if it's one thing, if you get a speeding ticket and you're going 71 and a 65, but 90 and a 70 guys, I'm just not going to put up a speeding ticket. Look, we've got this cloud, this ominous cloud hanging over us. Just not going to do it. Not going to put up with it. Sorry, but he's not going to do that. There's no way he's going to do that. If, if some of these coaches were serious, that's what they would do. I catch you doing it. Next person that does, it's off the team. That would be show me you're serious, but he's not serious. We're handling it internally, which is code for bullshit. We're handling it internally means I told everybody to stop. We're handling it internally is the same thing as people that say, I support the troops. I don't know what that means. You said it. What'd you do? Did you go to a pharmacy and buy, spend $1.99 on a yellow magnet, slap it on the back of your car? How courageous. Slacktivism. That's serious. If you're serious, you change it. The other thing that happened with Georgia this weekend has to do with their running backs. Now, I know that Kirby didn't recruit this guy, but remember the knock on Alabama about five years ago was that their running backs get worn into the ground in Tuscaloosa, then they're not ready for the NFL. They don't last in the NFL because they get worn into the ground. They get grinded away. About five years ago, that was the, the discussion. And I get it. You had T.J. Yeldon, Trent Richardson. You had some question marks about some of these Alabama running backs. Running out of gas. Well, now Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry have kind of dispelled that. Derrick Henry's going into, what, his eighth year in the league? He's a Hall of Famer. Josh Jacobs may be the best running back in the game. So Alabama's kind of, you know, squelched that to some extent. But as Georgia's program has ascended, 
and become the preeminent program in college football. I went through and looked over the course of the last 10, 11 years here. Holyfield, Isaiah Crowell, Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley. Now, Gurley had a good run before he started to get hurt. But uh, DeAndre Swift with the Lions is okay. I mean, Nick Chubb's legit. Chubb's legit. But the rest of these guys? Do we have what we had at Alabama five years ago now happening at Georgia? Where the grind of a running back at that school and the competition at that school and playing in the conference and the quality programs. Now, Georgia's schedule is not great this year, but the grind of that position, does it, does it take its toll at the next level? Now, Alabama's offense has changed. It really started to change with Lane Kiffin a little bit, but it's really changed, spread it out, throw. The, the emphasis on the running back is not what it was eight, nine years ago. So when these guys are getting the league, they have a little more tread on the tires. Georgia? Question mark? Do we start to question Georgia running backs and what they go through? Because again, Nick Chubb's okay, but you think of a team that's the preeminent team in college football, look at where they've been five or six years now. Man, a little more than that since Kirby got there. Alabama running backs fare better in the NFL now than Georgia running backs. Five years ago was the exact opposite. Wear and tear. Be interesting to see the next three or four years if this trend continues. That's what's going on in Uggaland. Question with some running backs. And again, another speeding situation. Now all the eyeballs are on it. If it happens again, look, he's not serious. If you're serious about something, you end it. If you are fat, and you're serious about it, you'll start exercising and eating healthy. If you're not, you'll start, oh, well, we'll, we'll worry. Well, well, I can eat. I'm used to eating fast food, you know, twice a day. I'm only eating it once. I'm serious. Not really. Again, it's like eating fast food three times a week and going, I'm serious about my health now. I'm starting to drink diet soft drinks. It's like, okay. Sure you are. I'm cutting back on my drinking. Only three drinks a day instead of five. All right. Sure thing, man. What to wrap with this? Rays in play? The Rays righted the ship over the weekend for what it's worth right now. How much have they been struggling? To take two or three from the Astros in Houston? Oh, okay. To go in there and win the way they've been struggling, it gets them back on track for now. Now you got the Yankees coming up. Got to feel a little bit better. Trading deadlines here. And I mentioned Justin Verlander because that's the get. Is it going to cost you? Yep. But I'd much rather give up two prospects, two big-time prospects to get him than nickel and dime this thing for somebody that's not going to win you anything. The Rays, four starters banged up. Four. And then what's, you want to pair somebody with what? Rasmussen? That's the goal here? Or McClanahan, excuse me. Want to pair somebody with McClanahan? Oh, Okay. I'm in. Go get Verlander. I went through and looked at the Rays minor league system. First, you look at the Rays big league system and then decide, all right, who the guys are going to be around for a while. People at their position in the minors uh, basically have no shot. I looked at the top six prospects, six, seven prospects in the Rays organization. Carson Williams, shortstop, first round draft pick from a year ago. You beating out Wander Franco anytime soon? Wander Franco signed an 11 year, $182 million deal. Wander Franco's not going anywhere. So if you're the Rays 
and one of your top four prospects is a shortstop. We can play him at second base at the big league level. What, what's the plan here? You could trade Wander Franco. Carson Williams can be moved. Kyle Manzardo, first base, Rays. He's a triple A. Um, I've got Diaz. I got Diaz at first, who's locked up through 2026. So my guy's ready to come up right now at first base. But I look around and say, wait a second here. I mean, I got a guy that's going to hit 30 home runs at first base for the next three seasons, and he's controlled. I, why do I want to? What do I want to do here? And the last guy, you want to go pitching, Mason Montgomery, double A. He's a lefty. He's a six-round pick from, what, two years ago? He's my best pitching prospect. At least it's the closest to coming up. So I've got three of my top prospects are pitchers, first base, shortstop. There's other guys in here, two outfielders, but th these are the three that that should garner the most interest. One, Carson Williams because of his upside. Kyle Manzardo because he can play now. You can call him up right now. Now, that's a little bit of a situation for the Mets because you've got Pete Alonzo, but this is where you get a third team involved with a trade. This prospect goes here. Now, the problem with Verlander is what? $15 million left this year, 43 next, 35 the following. So you're in the neighborhood of $103 million over the next two and a half years. You want to win? That can help get you into a new stadium. Justin Verlander, if you're serious about winning a World Series, this is what you'll do. This is the move you make. You trade with Mason Montgomery and Carson Williams, maybe even Kyle Manzardo. You flip them for Justin Verlander. And you tell the Mets, we're giving you three pretty damn good prospects here. We need you to eat about 20, 25 million of this. Now, that third year is a health option. So it's really only a year, two months, and then next year for Verlander. So prospects list starts to shrink based on, if you look, if you opt in health-wise, if you opt in, and this becomes a three-year, 103 million, or what's left, two and a half years, 103. And the Mets, you eat 20 million of this, 25 million of it. We'll give you these three guys. No, we're, we're going to go trade for a number four, or number five somewhere. All right, go ahead, do it. Not beating the Dodgers, not beating the Braves with that. I've seen J Justin Verlander win World Series with the Astros. Two of them. I saw him put the Tigers on his back. He's the guy out there. Now, Scherzer, I, it would have been a little bit tougher sell, but Verlander's there. He's there if you want him. That's the move. And here's the other thing. Here's the secret nastiness about this. Let's say you're the Rays and you trade for him. You win the World Series. You don't win the World Series. You could flip him, get some prospects back. It can work in the opposite direction. You bring Verlander in, okay, it's working out well. You win, okay, we keep him around. This offseason, you look around and go, well, let's, let's trade him then, man. Let's get two prospects back. So then you give it up a prospect. It's like, we got to hold him to our prospects for what? Carson Williams is not going to play at the next level. He's not. Got Wanda Franco in front of him. Kyle Manzardo, not playing. Mason Montgomery could, as a pitcher, maybe slated in at the back end of that rotation next year. Maybe probably two years from coming up. The Mets want to rebuild their farm system. Those are the moves. If you're serious, it's right. Justin Verlander can help the Rays win a world series. You trade for a number four or five in the rotation. You're not going to win it. You're not. You serious or not? Are you serious? Is I'm going to get back in shape. Fast food still, but. Diet drinks from now on. Okay. Or are you going to get up at 530 and run two miles every day? 
What are you, Rays? About to find out. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. I should say at Harp on Sports X. Now, got to change all that imaging in the station and all that. It's going to take a while to get used to that. Uh, you can hear us auditory route. Harp on Sports, the bar, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein! Have fun with your friends.